Welcome to the Back of the Gap podcast. <laughs> Unbelievable. What do you mean? Oh, my it's goodness. Dumpster fire. Welcome. Uh, that should have been the name of the podcast. Dumpster, dumpster fire. fire. There's already one. Really? Oh, yeah. Man. I'm sure. Something it's like that. with Nico Cotto Avocado. No really? shot. We don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are, we are talking about spiritual gifts. Um, this is a topic that we're going to definitely spend multiple episodes on. Yeah. Um, you know, when I texted the two of y'all, uh, that's what we talked about this week. I was like, this is an introduction to spiritual gifts. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of want to cover uh, what they are, what they aren't, um, maybe how to respond to, you know, a certain gift you may feel God has given you, um, how to decipher, you know, what those are. I mean, I think that in our own way, we've all had targeted studies at spiritual gifts, yeah. right? We have, yeah. I I think within the church, it, it is something that we, you know, within our church specifically, um, it's something we try to cover every once in a while to yeah. make sure that it, it's something we're aware of. Um, and my dad has, has had a sermon series on it in recent-ish history. Yes. <clears throat> and, and so it, it's something that we're, we're fairly acquainted with, right? Um, but I think it's something, you know, good to talk about um, to kind of understand more. Um, you know, also being on this side of it where we're kind of teaching about it helps us to get gather a better understanding for our own learning and edification, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I guess just as an opener question, um, what are spiritual gifts? <clears throat> you can take that one away. Well, spiritual gifts are uh, gifts that come from God. Uh, they are listed in Scripture. Um, you know, it's not, oh, Luke is just so talented on the drum set, he's just got a spiritual gift. That's not a spiritual gift. Uh, God does bless us and give us talents uh, that we are able to develop and train and use to bring him glory. Uh but that's not a spiritual gift. You know, a spiritual gift only comes from God. <clears throat> you know, some of them are discerning, uh, encouragement. And so, uh, like I said, they're listed in Scripture uh, so that there's not confusion, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> and so, you know, spiritual gifts are something that you can only get from God. Uh, it's not something that you do <clears throat> to get the gift or... Uh, anything like that, I think that you can most definitely uh, take steps to help yourself, uh, I guess, step into the role of the gift and to use it more, uh, to get more comfortable with it. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things that, that I experienced was whenever I took a, a quiz about it, uh, <clears throat> I learned, okay, so these are the some, some of the ones that I'm a bit stronger in, and I was able to to recognize that and see how that had already come into play in my life in years previously. But I also was able to go, okay, well, let me harp on some of those, you know, because that's God using me in a way that I wasn't re really aware that he was using me in. And so I kind of <clears throat> was able to allow God to use me in more ways and ultimately, I think, be more obedient in that. Yeah, I think that that's a... A very good descriptor of what they are. Um, and I also like, you know, you brought up the things that they're not, right? Yeah. Um, 
Josh, for you, what are what are spiritual gifts? What are they not? For me, the way I've always viewed spiritual gifts is kind of like, um, I don't want to say different jobs, but different... Um, roles? Yeah, different roles. Different roles that, that were given in... Um, to, to each person, it's different, I think. You know, um, to some, it's teaching. To some, it's um, discernment. To some, it's uh, exhortation. It, it, it's different for every person, and I, I think that you don't... I don't think that having a spiritual gift necessarily means that you're just great at this all of a sudden out of the blue. That when you get yep. saved, all of a sudden you get a spiritual gift. Voila, you're great at, you know, prophesying or whatever it is. Administration. Yeah. You, get, <laughs> you know, Paul tells us to, to work out our salvation, not meaning that our salvation is by works, but that we have to put effort into our salvation and we have to put effort into the um, our relationship with Christ and how we deal with that, right? Very much so, so I think that... For, for me, what it's meant is um, every person has a different role in the church. Every person has a different um, job that they perform. And I was looking up this uh, passage of Scripture um, that Paul, he's writing to the Corinthians about, like, this very thing. He, he kind of makes the analogy of, like, the different people in the church are, like, different parts of a body, right? And he says, for the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I did not belong to the body— that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, "Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body," that would make it. Le- that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each of them as He chooses. If if all were a single member, where where would the body be? As it is. The members are many parts, yet one body. And he's talking about how all of these different parts work in conjunction together. How some of them have leadership qualities, some of them have um, different qualities, whatever that might be. They're all meant to work in this synchronous harmo- uh, harmony that God has created. So, Yeah, yeah, uh, I really like both of y'all's um, kind of examples there. You know, spiritual gifts are something that we're, we're going to talk later in this episode kind of giving some of these lists we see in Scripture, and you're not going to just excel in every single one of these, right? No. There are <laughs> He's too powerful to be kept alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. Like, for us to be able to work together and in conjunction, we, we are going to have different roles, right? Yeah. Um, and so for spiritual gifts, um, it, it is useful to know <clears throat> what your role is, right? Yeah. Um, and so I also want to clarify, right, you know, Luke, you mentioned that it, a, a talent is not necessarily a spiritual gift. Uh, there are also some things that I think people want to call spiritual gifts where they're actually just non-negotiables, and Christians just have to follow them, right? The, sometimes the fruit of the, of the Spirit are described as spiritual gifts, right? Oh, well, I just have the, you know, the gift of love, but I'm not so patient, right? And that's not necessarily what we're talking about in this case, right? Um the there are some things that all Christians should strive to excel in and and perform and reflect, and when it comes to spiritual gifts, if you're not gifted with teaching, there's nothing wrong with that. You, not everyone is called to teach. If you, you know, are not given a certain gift, you don't have to have it. Uh, whereas it, it's a little bit different from some of these other things that we see, or like the marks of a Christian. Um, and so, yeah, for, for spiritual gifts, um, all of us have kind of had teaching thrown at us across time. Um, you know, we mentioned we've taken different quizzes, um, and I think that's a great place to start for someone who maybe doesn't really know 
what spiritual gifts they have, right? Um, doing a quiz, uh, you know, myself and Josh remember doing one through we think Lifeway. Um, where I wish that I could remember the name of the one that I took. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I tried. I tried to find it in my email. I found it in the past. <clears throat> yeah. Um, if I have like a copy of it, I might have to bring it up sometime. Because, like, I have a box of stuff that I just kept from, like, old student ministry days. So I might still have yeah. it somewhere. Yeah. And, and we'll have time to cover that in future, you know, episodes discussing. <gasps> I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay. so that scared I, me I, so badly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anna does that to me. She'll every, Her response to everything is, <gasps> and I'm like, it's the most guttural instinct of, I'm like, where's the threat? I'm about to squash exactly. it. Exterminate. I, I remember that it describes you and it, it assigns you an animal. And like everybody had like the same animals. And then they would have different results. It's like, what is this? But there was there were small differences in them. But I, I looked up lion earlier because I thought that was one of them, but apparently it wasn't. The one <clears throat> that I I felt like I remembered. He's definitely oh, a zebra. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. See, I'm wrong. It says your primary was the lion. So why it didn't work? Email is stupid. The one that worked was Beaver. <laughs> so apparently your boy got that Beaver in him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, y'all are welcome to look at that. But uh, sure. Let's see. Who Who is this by? This shape. Is, this is the shape assessment. Um, yeah, the one we did test. was different than this. Okay. Yeah, we did one that was on paper, so we're not going to have anything to look at in the email here. Um but yeah, I'll just read off a couple of the gifts that are listed here yep. to kind of give an example. Um, we have administration, um, evangelism, extortion slash encouragement. Extortion? Extortion? My man said extortion. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, giving, mercy showing, prophecy, pastoring slash shepherding. Oh, what is my mercy showing Serving percentage? and teaching. Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> I will say your lowest one is mercy showing. Oh, yeah, I figured. Which this is what? This is 2020, Luke. Um, so he was built a think, little different. I think you've grown since then um, spiritually. Thank you. You know, these are kind of some of the gifts that we're talking about. And for, for myself, I, I knew when I took a quiz like this, I was very shocked by the results, right? administration for me was really high and I had not really, I didn't really understand what that was really? first of all. Um, and then beyond that, it was one of my higher ones. <clears throat> and see, this is part of why I love taking, I love taking these kinds of tests, uh, personality tests. I love, uh, because I feel like I'm someone that knows myself pretty well. You know, there's obviously still elements that I'm surprised by. But like I scroll down here and the way this one works is it, it's, it's called a, a shape assessment. Okay, and so it's an acronym. S is for spiritual gifts, H is for heart, A is for abilities, P is for personality, and then E is for experience. And underneath personality, it says the personality traits that best fit me are 50-50, extroverted versus reserved, high risk, a challenger, people-driven, leader, solo, routine. And I'm like, to the T, like every bit of that. So I love reading these and learning about myself, learning about the aspects that I didn't know, because I think it helps me lean into the things that I know God has called me to that 
I may not have just sat down and thought about. It, it kind of challenges some of the beliefs that I may hold about myself uh, to force me into a position where I'm actually being a more effective Christian. Yeah. You know, self-reflection can be very difficult sometimes. Um, and, and a lot of the questions that you're going to see on these quizzes are, I mean, they just make you sit down and think about yourself, right? Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that we just maybe don't think about on a day-to-day case, right? Um, and so when it comes to these gifts, uh, you know, once you do kind of figure out, you know, where um, where God has put these different gifts in your life, you know, how he's working, you know, within you, um, I think it is important to lean into those gifts that you are more apt to, Uh and and try to try to grow that and figure out, you know, <clears throat> what about you is just just maybe natural, and what is God trying to call you to continue working at, right? Um, I don't know how, to, how I'm describing that well, but like, you know, one of the gifts that's on there uh, is leadership, and some people are just born naturally a leader, whether that's in a Christian sense or not, right? Mm-hmm. And some people. Leadership is a gift that God is trying to work into their life. They do have to develop. Um, and I think that these quizzes are, are very good for looking at what you're good at right now. Um, but I think you should also spend a lot of time in prayer um, trying to find, well, what is God trying to work in your life, right? What What do you need to improve on, yep. if that makes sense? Yeah, I remember when I, when I took the test that we took a couple times in student ministry— uh, I got the, the shepherding one. It was like super high. I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> not Joshy boy. Not me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as, as time went on, you know, I, I started to take on more of a leadership role in the student ministry. You know, I've been teaching the, the Sunday morning connect groups for, man, I want to say it's almost a year and a half now that I've been teaching that. And it's crazy to see, like, just like you were saying, you know, getting involved in things that you might not expect your, of yourself. Yes. But you still, yes. but you still are you kind of feel that, that calling too, but, and for me, it's super uncomfortable to be in a leadership position, but as you kind of work it out and start to find those things that you can improve on and start to find those things that you can hone a little bit better, maybe smooth out the rough edges of what, smooth out the rough edges of what you're doing, like my speech, um, it, it gets, it gets easier and you start to do see, okay, this is what I need to do. Cause like, man, I can't tell you I can't. I can't think of many more times that I've been more encouraged than when like some of the students come up to me and tell me that I'm like their favorite connect group teacher. <laughs> that that what a flex. That, well, that not not to like flex or anything, but like man, that mean that just means so much of to course. me. Yeah. That that yeah. that means yeah. the world to me when to hear people or hear my students tell me like, man, hey, what you taught on really stood out to me and really stuck with me. Like that that means the world to me. Yeah, yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that. Don't you love it when you're just like, nah, God, not me. And then he's like, yeah, yes, fam, sir. You. Dude, <laughs> straight up. Um, I'm going to read a little bit here in uh, Romans in chapter 12. Uh, I'm starting in verse 3 here. <laughs> For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Um, so though we... So though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, 
the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And and so this kind of goes along right with what you were saying, right? Yeah. If this is a gift that God has given you, you need to hone it. You need to allow God to use you in that way. Uh, and, you know, this verse also talks about, you know, the body of Christ that, you know, Josh mentioned in his passage earlier. For us to function properly as the church, um, and when I say the church, I don't mean the the physical, local church. I mean, like, the larger, invisible church. We have to serve in the functions that God is trying to get us to work in. Um, and so, you know, clearly we, we see in your example there, like, God is going to show you what your gift is, and it's going to make it clear to you that this is where you need to be or where you don't need to be. Yeah. Dude, I remember the first time that I taught up there, it was so bad. Because, like, I, I tried to, like, basically what I tried to do was just, like, copy-paste what, like, our previous student pastors had done in the past. And it took me a while to figure out, like, I just got to figure out how I, I, like, how I do it. So, yeah, it started out, I didn't, I was not good at it. But, like, over the past, like, year and a half or so, it's it's gotten so much better and so much more enjoyable. Yeah. But that goes back to, like, e- even, you know, being in that, you know, teaching, shepherding role, Yeah, it's like, well, I'm not this person, right? God has a very specific, you know, plan for my life. I can't just copy what someone else has done before me, right? Yeah. yeah. I may still be a toenail, but I'm a different toenail. <laughs> <laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> so one of the things that I want to touch on uh, that has occurred to me, uh, you know, after I, I took my test, Shocked by some of the results, not shocked by others. One of the ones that I was not shocked by was serving. Uh, the way that this test works is it just assigns you a percentage. It doesn't equal 100. It just, for each single gift, it assigns you a percentage of your aptitude toward it. Yeah, I, I, I would think that that's a good way to describe it. So my highest is uh, serving, which is 75%, which is tied with exhortation and encouragement. <clears throat> serving, not at all surprising to me. Exhortation and encouragement, very surprising to me. And uh, I've always seen myself as a servant, as someone that's in a serving role. I don't ask for any recognition. I see an issue, I do. And uh, I think that I'm a pretty good problem solver just in life, and I think that I've applied that a lot uh, towards God's kingdom. And uh, so one of the things that I've learned in that uh, particularly with serving, it's kind of twofold. One is there is leadership in service, uh, which may sound a little bit backwards, uh, but it's very clear that we're called to lead if we're following Scripture. Uh, it's also very clear that we're called to serve if we're following Scripture. And so <clears throat> within my service, if I do all of the serving and if I never teach someone else how to serve and how to do I'm not actually doing my job. And so it occurred to me at a certain point because I kept being the guy getting called on. I was like, okay, wait a minute now. I'm over here doing everything, you know, and of course I'm not, but there's an element of, okay, well, why is that the case? Is it because I show up every time and do it with the right attitude? Maybe it's the wrong attitude. You know, why, why am I the person that always gets called? And Part of the reason for that was I didn't give any space for anybody else. I always said yes to everything. So I didn't give someone else the opportunity. So 
the other half of that is, okay, well, did they even ask someone else, right? Did whoever needed someone to come serve give someone else an opportunity before me? You know, I don't have that answer. But what I do know is in, in the areas that I was serving in, in particular, I realized no one else is doing this, so that's part of why I was doing it. But the other aspect was no one else knew that it needed to be done. No one else was even aware. So if I didn't help encourage someone else to see, hey, these are some things where you can step in and you can help and you can serve, how am I just going to expect someone to get that, you know? And so if if I wasn't leading in that kind of aspect of it, you know, I wasn't fully uh, becoming all that God wanted me to be in my service. And so uh, whenever I look at it through that lens, it's like, okay, maybe I am just serving in a way that's I'm not flashy or drawing any attention to myself, but there's still leadership to be had in that particular role. And so I think that whenever we're dealing with spiritual gifts and you look at some of them, some of them are bigger and flashier, right? Uh, Preaching and teaching, prophecy, you know, Um, evangelism. And so whenever you see some of those, okay, instantly get it, leadership. And you see some of the other ones, mercy showing, obviously not my forte, uh, but there's still leadership in that. And so, I think that it's important for us to recognize whatever gift maybe that we're focusing on or honing in on or trying to uh, become better at. Clearly, I need to be better at mercy showing. Uh, Finding someone else that has that spiritual gift and can teach you and instruct you and guide you along the way of, hey, this is what's helped me to grow in this. Uh, These are some ways that I've been able to use it in in an actual application way because I can read this list. I don't have a fat clue how to work on some of these, you know, Mm -hmm. but if I was able to find someone that that's not something that is just their struggle, but if that's their zone and they've got it down, let me follow that person and learn from them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, something we talk about a lot on this podcast is discipleship, right? One-on-one intentional discipleship. And yeah. especially when it comes to spiritual gifts, right? Like you said, you, you don't even know where to start for some of these things, how to improve. But if you see someone who is doing the right thing, they are following after Christ, they are they do have this gift and they're exemplifying it in their life, go to that person. Yeah. Ask them like, hey, I don't I don't even know where to start on this. I think this might be something that, you know, God is trying to show me. How do I do it? Right? In the Great Commission Jesus doesn't tell the disciples to go make a bunch of converts, and as soon as they say, yeah, I'll be a Christian, they're done, right? Um, it says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Yep. And, you know, that type of discipleship is incredibly important. Um, and then, of course, on the flip side of that, you know, like you mentioned, you, you have this gift. Well, let me turn around and teach someone else. It can't yep. just be me. It doesn't just end with me. Yep. Um. Something I also found interesting you brought up was that you were surprised by your score in encouragement, Yeah. right? And to me, that does not surprise me at all about you. Okay. And (laughs) what I kind of want to use this in is like, don't be afraid to ask those around you, well, hey, what do you think my spiritual gifts are? Yeah. Right? Because encouragement is something that I can see in you just 
throughout my life encouraging me and just the way that you talk and, you know, give wisdom to others, like, I think that's very evident in your life. But maybe that was something you weren't necessarily aware of. Well, I can tell you after I took the test, that is probably the primary one that I focused on because it was not necessarily a cognitive thing of, hey, let me encourage that person. I just followed where the Spirit led. Yeah. Because the way that I saw it, most of the time what it looked like was I need to talk to that person. I just need to tell them that I love them, maybe that I'm praying for them, you know, uh, I'm here for you, whatever you need, you know, whatever the case may be. So I just saw that as simple obedience, right? Because I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit and following along. Yeah. And for you, that is simple obedience because that's a gift that God has given you, right? And so, you know, going out to others who are like, I would have never thought to say something to such and such, right? And and I think that's some something where you know, community is incredibly important because we're able to help each other decipher our own spiritual gifts, and you know, discovering what your spiritual gifts are really is the first step. Yeah, if, if you can't figure that out, well, you're never going to be able to to grow in that. And so, once you do, and you're able to, you know, like you said. Well, now I'm just going to pour everything into encouragement because now I understand I had this gift I didn't realize yeah. I had before. Um, you're able to grow it and help it to become, you know, stronger. Yeah, and I think that addresses kind of a, a root thing there, which is you know having a community of believers that you're involved in because we talk about it all the time. <clears throat> but if I didn't have y'all and if I didn't have this church and the the specific group that we're involved in. <clears throat> I would not be anywhere that I am today, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't have the relationships that I have. I would not have the spiritual growth that I have, you know, and God wouldn't be using me in the ways that he is because I wouldn't know anything. And so having that community that's able to point those things out is so vital to a Christian's life, you know. I see it as, I mean, it's just as necessary as food and water. And if you're not actively involved in that, you're not growing. You know, and so you've got to have that uh, aspect of a Christian walk where you're surrounded by other believers. You're getting encouraged, and you're in turn encouraging and lifting one another up. Uh, And to me, that's probably the most vital aspect of my Christian walk is the community because I can tell you, I don't want to do this life alone because it's miserable. You know, there's times where I feel alone enough as it is. Absolutely. So... You know, just a point of encouragement is if you don't have it, find it because the promise is out there. One of the kind of reference passages that we discussed whenever we talked about having this particular episode, uh, Josh read some of it, which was 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read 4 through 11. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, which is the Holy Spirit. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. 
<clears throat> and so with this, you see that the Holy Spirit gives the gifts, right? Uh, and I like how he talks about they're all interconnected at the very beginning, right? Varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Varieties of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. You know, and to me, it's almost kind of an allusion towards the Trinity, where it's it's all still the same. They're different, yet the same. <clears throat> and so uh, I think that whenever you're, you're looking at this, <clears throat> the passage directly afterwards, which Josh read at the beginning, is so relevant and important to understanding this portion of the passage. Because what we've talked about is, okay, here's someone that can do this aspect. Here's someone that can do this aspect. Well, how do they work together, right? And that is us being the body of Christ. Because we can't function just as one part. We all have to come together, work together, which is part of the community that we discussed. And so I think it's so relevant, uh, especially whenever you look at Christians living in harmony, being of one heart and one mind, uh, together agreeing with one another, that, okay, what should we be about, right? And having a clear focus and goal of what your life should look like, how you should be living it out, you know, how are you going to use uh, these gifts in conjunction to one another? Um, I think that spiritual community um, is so relevant in the regards to spiritual gifts because understanding someone else's spiritual gifts, one, encourages you to develop yours, to lean into it, <clears throat> to focus on it. But it also gives you such an opportunity uh, to see how those things are going to work together to build the kingdom. And one of the greatest things that I think, to me, part of the Christian life, the most rewarding things that I get to do is working together with people that I love. Uh, <clears throat> being able to encourage someone, like we've talked about, probably one of the most rewarding things that I do. And just getting to tell someone, I love you, you know, I think that you're doing great in this particular aspect. <clears throat> uh, you know, what you said here encouraged me a lot, you know. And just being able to, to kind of have those interactions with fellow believers, you know, I think it's just, to me, one of the best parts of being a Christian, being surrounded uh, by fellow believers in a community, you know, being of one mind. I think that's one of the greatest things that we have is such a wonderful community that comes together consistently and regularly, that loves one another, and that lifts one another up. Absolutely. Um, and I think too often we see the opposite of that, right? I think that um, a lot of people, um, you know, we see it just in the church at large in America. Different people are trying to put themselves in the position maybe they don't need to be in, Right. Um, because either they don't understand their spiritual gifts or they do understand them and they disagree with them, right? Hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, when you finally do see the church working together, it is such a beautiful and encouraging yeah. thing because you're able to thrive. You know, you have people teaching you, people that you're teaching, um, you see the people around you working together, 
I mean, it. I mean, it's just how God designed it, obviously, right? Yeah. And I think in modern day America, we have lost so much of, I guess, the small town community, right? Because there's so much access to look into other people's lives, or at least a snapshot of someone else's life. Uh, you know, you have news reports from all around the world, all around the country. And so you're filled with so much knowledge that's worthless. <clears throat> and there is no dependency upon one another for any kind of livelihood, right? You know, if you look back at history, people relied upon one another for survival because they didn't have the food chain that we have now where mass-produced crops are then marketed and shipped across the globe, you know. Uh, and so there, there's a loss that happens that, that to me, is a basic human need. We need more community than what modern America has. And so whenever I, I experience that within the church, I'm like, man, this is what it's supposed to be like right here. Yeah. I think a lie that has been fed for, for too long is that, well, you're a man, do it by yourself, get everything done, right? Yeah. And you shouldn't expect any encouragement <clears throat> along the way. You shouldn't expect any help. And I think too often, you know, American Christians, they, they, they want that American dream. They want to be like, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me all by myself, nice. right? And, and that's just a dangerous mindset to be in, right? Because truthfully, we can't do it. Yeah, It is only through Christ. And yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to deny any extreme circumstances, but for the most part, you also need Christian community. That, that, that is what the Bible teaches, right? Yeah. Yep. It, it does not teach that you can do it just all by your lonesome. Um, you have to be in, in community with others because you don't have all the spiritual gifts. Yeah. And even if you do, you don't have the time to perform all of them, right? Yeah. And even the dude that did have all the spiritual gifts still had community around him everywhere he went. Boom. That's yeah. it. <clears throat> and you look at the foundation of time, right? God creates Adam. He gives him community, not only with himself, but with Eve. Yeah. You know, and so, like, the examples of community throughout Scripture is consistent the entire way. You look at creation, you look at Jesus, all the way through, you know, into Revelation. Like, there's community happening in Revelation, you know, and so it's just... And and even before creation, God himself is community. That's it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, I feel like we have, um, I think we've introduced this topic uh, fairly well. This is something we, we'd like to come back to um, on particular gifts and also just spiritual gifts as a whole. Any other comments? No. <laughs> all right, well, I appreciate y'all being on here to talk about spiritual gifts. We will see you all next week.